From the Ohio News Network, this is Ohio Sports Magazine. Now, here's your host, Kate Burdett. Welcome to Ohio Sports Magazine. I'm Kate Burdett, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with David Babner. He is race director for the Ohio Health Cap City Half and Quarter Marathons and the all-new Columbus Promise 5K. This is all taking place at the end of the month on April 29th in Columbus. And David, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is this is great. I appreciate the time and the opportunity to talk more about Cap City. Tell us about the event. This is the 20th anniversary, right? Yes, we founded this event back in 2004 in Columbus, Ohio. We were looking for a huge spring celebration of the healthy, active lifestyle, and that's what we created. So in partnership with Ohio Health, over the years, we've been able to build one of the largest celebrations of the healthy, active lifestyle in the Midwest in the spring. Um, we The race is on Saturday. This year, April 29th, and we always say the race is on a Saturday because the party's too big for a Sunday. (laughs) And uh, it's really grown into a great spring celebration here in Columbus. Event starts and finishes in the Columbus Commons or on High Street just out in front of the Columbus Commons. Uh, it's It's the best tour of Columbus on two feet. And then we finish back in the John F. Wolf Columbus Commons to a huge uh, finishers party. This year, we'll have North to Nashville there. Land Grant has brewed our own beer. Jets Pizza will provide pizza to everyone. Rooster's Wings will provide Rooster's Wings for everyone. Um, Pepsi will be there with non-alcoholic stuff. White Claw, Terramana, Margaritas, and Mum Napa Champagne. So there's something there for everybody. And the North to Nashville concert will kick off at 9 o'clock, and the party will go from 9 to 1. So got a huge celebration for everybody on the course. Um, and then the largest post-race party in the, we always say largest post-race party in the country, but I'll take Midwest uh, for what we're doing in the Columbus Commons afterwards. That's pretty impressive to have a special beer brewed just for your race. I think that's uh, that's that's a new one I haven't heard yet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's it, it's a partnership with Land Grant that started four years ago, um, and we were the first race in the country to actually have our own beer brewed for us. Um, it was really, it was it was neat. Our participants really like it. And then this year, um, we're we're using O'Shore, which is which is a beer that they already have an IPA they already have, and we're custom canning it for this event. So pretty special. Um, we've had a great partnership with Land Grant, like I mentioned, for four years, and uh, we just love this big post-race celebration. We think, you know, races have changed over the years. Back uh, in the 70s and 80s, they were really sort of final exams. It was all about competition. Uh, now, the way we create events, it's all about celebration. We know you're out getting active, getting fit, and we just want to celebrate that active, healthy lifestyle. So we do it on course. Uh, with 30 different bands and DJs around the course in our PNC power stations. We have eight different fluid stations with Gatorade and water, uh, courtesy of G&J Pepsi. Uh, we have cheer stations out on the course. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, the big post-race party. And, and we also, every single participant will get the uh, huge finishers medal. So whether you're in the half marathon or the quarter marathon or the 5K, you'll get a, a great finishers medal. And uh, uh, really, there's something to take home to celebrate the accomplishment that uh, all our participants have, have been able to do on the 29th. 
So you added the 5K this year. Tell me about that. Yes. So in partnership with the Columbus Promise Program. So one of the things that we, there's two new things this year. One of which is the Columbus Promise Program uh, partnership. The, what we wanted to do with Cap City is start to really leave a legacy. We've been doing this for 20 years. And uh, Columbus Promise is a program with the City of Columbus, I Know I Can, and Columbus State, where, where City of Columbus uh, students uh, uh, high school uh, high school students who decide to go to college and agree to go to Columbus State, the Promise program will pay for them to go to Columbus State Community College. So we wanted to be involved in that. We wanted to help promote that. We wanted to help raise some funds for that. And uh, this was a great way to do it. So the city of Columbus has been a huge partner of ours since the beginning. Columbus Public Schools has been a big partner for the last couple of years. So we thought this would be a great addition um, to the event. So everything we talk about is participation, and we want people to participate regardless of ability. So that's why, yes, we've got the half marathon at 13.1 miles. About eight years ago, we created the first quarter marathon, point. Um, five, five miles. And of course, now the 5k at 3.1 miles. So no matter uh, your fitness level, um, or your ability, we'll want you to come out and participate with us. Now, is this just for runners? Or do you allow walkers on the courses as well? Our half marathon course is open for a full four hours, our quarter marathon for two, and the 5K course for just about as long as you want. And so that's very, very important to us, whether you run, walk, skip, jump. We don't care how you participate. We just want you to come out and participate. So we always, we never refer to Cap City Half Marathon runners. It's always Cap City Half Marathon participants um, because there is a large running and walking community in Columbus. We don't want to leave out the walking community. So we make sure to invite those folks. And, and for those people who are concerned about well, I just don't know if I can make this. I may finish last. We hire people to finish last. They're actually staff members of ours in all three events that walk with the final finisher so that everybody feels celebrated, whether you're first, last, or anywhere in the middle. That's fantastic. What an accessible and fun-sounding event. It's the 20th anniversary of the Ohio Health Cap City Half and quarter marathons, plus the Columbus Promise 5K. And it's all taking place in Columbus on Saturday, April 29th. And David, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's the website? Uh, CapitalCityHalfMarathon.com. Excellent. And registrations are still being accepted. And are you also still looking for volunteers? We're always looking for volunteers. And if you go to the Cap City Half Marathon page, uh, you can volunteer. We have a great group of volunteers. M3S Sports, which is the company that founded uh, the Capital City Half Marathon, puts on about 10 different events a year in Columbus. We touch about 55,000 uh, participants across those events. And the great thing about volunteering with us is if you volunteer for one of our events, you get a free race entry into a race of your choice. So a lot, we, we see a lot of the same participants coming out and it's, it's just a great way to get people, uh, access to our events, to participate in our events. So that took care of the volunteer piece on the, on the, um, registration piece. Yes. Registration still open. 
we were at pre-COVID levels. I hate to even say that word anymore, but mm. things are back to where we were in 2019. Excellent. And, and growing even more. And so we continue to expand our field and we want, we want as many people to participate as they can. So register, we've got registration is, uh, is on a great pace and we're looking forward to having as many people out there as, as would like to join us. David Babner, race director for the Ohio Health Cap City Half and Quarter Marathons and the Columbus Promise 5K. Thanks so much for joining us today. We've learned a lot and we are looking forward to race weekend. Well, thank you so much for for giving me some time today. I appreciate it talking to you. We'll have more of this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Rothman and Ice. The pimento cheese sandwich is nothing that I would say is like a delicacy. It's kind of like mom packed your lunch and sent you off to school. Rothman and Ice, weekdays at noon. Sponsored by your local Pella Window showroom. The Fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. We're talking with Brian Plasters. He's a communications manager with the Ohio Division of Wildlife. And I would suspect every time of year is a busy time of year. But I wanted to say this is probably kind of a busy time of year, isn't it, Brian? It's definitely busy right now. Uh, springtime in Ohio is, is busy, but it's also exciting. Uh, there's a, there's a lots to do. Everybody wants to get back outside and everybody is feeling the warm weather. And, and so uh, uh, interest is high in, in the outdoors right now. Yes. So we have t- wild turkey hunting season coming up, right? Right. So uh, uh, Ohio's youth hunting season for turkeys started uh, on um, April 15th and 16th, and it's just completed. And uh, the, the the state is split into two different seasons for or two different zones for the, the regular turkey season, which would be uh, the south zone, which is most of Ohio. And that, that opening date was April 22nd. And then Northeast Ohio, which is uh, Cuyahoga, Geauga, Trumbull, Ashtabula, Lake Counties, uh, those or that that um, opening day is April 29th for turkey hunting in Ohio. Is there a reason for the state to be split that way? Is that simply for clerical purposes, or is there something you know, more natural to blame for that? So those counties get uh, a little bit more snow, and a, or a, a lot more snow, actually, lake effect mm-hmm. snow, and, and uh, the turkey breeding is delayed in those counties. And so uh, we want to give hunters a little better chance to get a turkey during, and so, uh, during the season, so we delay it a week to, to let the weather uh, clear up a little bit. That makes perfect sense, especially knowing how lake effect snow can be. <laughs> now, yes. I would imagine there's a lot that we don't know about wild turkey hunting season. For those who aren't as familiar, can you give us sort of a kind of an overview of, of what it's like and, and what hunters are looking for out there? Well, uh, turkey hunting is popular in Ohio because uh, it, it's got a different vibe than fall hunting. So, it, you know, if you if you look out your window and it's the middle of April and you see everything is starting to green up and everything is uh, starting to come to life with the spring. So, uh, the, the animals are feeling that too. So turkeys, turkeys and other birds and, and all of, and a, a lot of Ohio's uh, animals are starting to breed now. So uh, it, it's, it's a different kind of action when, uh, when you're in the spring and, and it, it, the weather's nicer and uh, you, you have time to, 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 to see, to see things in nature that you wouldn't normally see. Maybe if you think about hunting season in the fall, 
it's a little different than when you're in the spring. You know, the flowers are blooming and the birds are singing, and it's just a, it's a different feel. And so, uh, what you're trying to do is is you're trying to hunters are trying to call in the turkeys, and uh, it's it's a it's a different kind of hunt because you're getting the birds to come to you rather than actively seeking out an animal, which is would be more typical in the fall. So so calling the turkeys and, and interacting with the turkeys in that way is, is a completely different way to hunt. And uh, it's, it's just super exciting. And it's very popular in Ohio. You know, you made a point that I don't know as a, as a person who's not hunted before, I don't know that I would have thought about, but you said it's springtime. Things are greening up. Leaves are coming in. That's probably a dramatic difference for hunters as opposed to a fall hunting season when there's probably better visibility out there in the, in the wild, so to speak. Sure, and and it, it's definitely it definitely gives it a, a a different feel, and and just even just even the, the spring air, and, and you can feel it in the in the temperature, and you can feel it, uh, and you definitely want to make sure that uh, you def- you're taking safety precautions when you're in the field, uh, making sure what what's uh, what you're shooting at and what's beyond the target, um, making sure that you're identifying a turkey, uh, making sure that you're not chasing the turkey, making sure, making sure that the turkeys are coming to you, um, and making sure that you're using um, appropriate, appropriate firearms for the, for the hunt. I would imagine the Ohio Division of Wildlife has some online resources where folks can learn more about the turkey hunting season and maybe even some, some do's and don'ts and some best practices. What's the website we want to look for? The Ohio Division of Wildlife's website is wildohio.gov. And uh, we, like you said, we do have lots of information there about turkey hunting uh, and also all kinds of hunting, not just turkeys, but, you know, deer hunting, fishing, birding, uh, all, all sorts of outdoor activities. And, and, of course, we're also, we have social media channels. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, um, Instagram. So we, we, have, we have lots of different places for you to go to, to find out more about turkey hunting. Excellent. Um, I know, like you said, the animals are, are breeding now. It's springtime. Things are happening. And when we return, I know you have, Brian, some really interesting information for us about young wildlife at this time of, of year, right? That's correct. Excellent. Looking forward to that. Don't go anywhere. More coming up with Brian Plasters with the Ohio Division of Wildlife here on Ohio Sports Magazine. Hey, Bone, did you know that sports gambling is legal in the state of Ohio? I did, and I've been placing my sports bets at Barstool Sportsbook. Head to Hollywood Casino. They are open. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And they're taking bets now. I use the Barstool Sportsbook app to place my bets. Even though other sportsbook companies try to get me to bet elsewhere, I don't let them. I thwart all those attempts. Make a first-time wager on the Barstool Sportsbook app and get up to $1,000 in online bonus cash. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Betting happens as fast as sports. And now every play is faster than ever before. You're on the edge of your seat until the moment when it's all on the line. Which is why it's important to pause before you play. Sports are fast. Betting shouldn't be. So remember to set limits, know the risks, and pause before you play. To learn more, visit pausebeforeyouplay.org. 
The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. Our ONN affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus has more. Haley Kirby reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House. Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate WKYC-TV in Cleveland explains. In Marietta, Brett Wharf, ONN News. Emma Henderson in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. From the Ohio News Network. Some foot issues just can't be fixed by those expensive shoe stores or shoe inserts. A foot exam from a doctor of podiatric medicine who is the medical expert in foot and ankle care may give solutions after doing a complete foot examination. If you suffer from foot, heel, or ankle pain, let us help you find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association so you know you are being treated by the very best. Visit us at associationsadvanceohio.com for a referral today. We plant trees because people need trees. And when planted in the right place, they have great impact. Trees help slow climate change, filter our air and water, foster biodiversity, and strengthen our communities. They create the kind of transformational change the world needs now. April is a month filled with opportunities to care for and plant trees. For planting resources, contact an Ohio ISA certified arborist who can help you learn how to take the best care of your trees. Visit treesforohio.org. That's trees4ohio.org. I don't know what I want to do. I'm just not sure that college is right for me. Have you considered a career in dental assisting? I love my job as a dental assistant. I have flexible work hours, the money is good, and I get to work in a professional, people-oriented dental office. What I really love about my job is knowing that I give people a healthy smile. For more information about becoming a dental assistant, contact your high school guidance counselor. Or if you are no longer in school, talk to a dentist in your community or visit ODA.org. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. The Fan, The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. We're back with Brian Plasters. He's communications manager for the Ohio Division of Wildlife, and he's been there for more than a decade. So I would imagine Brian has some great stories to tell. Brian, it's springtime, and that means young wildlife as far as the eye can see, right? Yeah, so if if you look out your window and you see you see the the, the leaves are greening up, you, you, the, the animals are feeling that too. They know that it's time time to start working on the next generation. So that means it's breeding season, uh, especially for birds. Birds uh, nest in the spring, but you also would see things like uh, rabbits and squirrels and some of the smaller mammals that are starting to breed in the spring. So we do have some tips and tricks how to safely interact with animals in the spring. So what would you say is the number one tip that we need to keep in mind as we share the outdoors with young wildlife this spring? The Ohio Division of Wildlife is mostly asking people to leave wildlife in the wild. You see, If you see a bird nest or you, you see a baby bunny in your yard, you want to intervene and you want to help that baby bird and you're, or you want to help that baby bunny. But uh, wild animals don't need your help. Uh, wild, wildlife parents are very, are very good at raising the next generation, robins and birds and, and, and other birds and, and rabbits and squirrels, they've all done this before. And so they, they have developed uh, some, some tricks of their own to get their babies to, to adulthood. So for instance, um, if, you see a, if you see a bird on the ground, you, you can put that bird back in the tree. You can put that bird back in the nest. You can, you can help that bird. Uh, but if, if it's in the nest and it, it, it looks like it's, it's got energy and it looks like it's, it's been feeding, then you want to leave that bird alone. 
The same thing applies for uh, rabbits. Uh, if you see a rabbit nest on the ground and you see a, a rabbit out of the nest, that's probably it's of the size then where it, it, it can get out of the nest and it's ready to move on and it's ready to go hide and it's ready to run. Uh, if you do disturb a rabbit nest, you can you can simply put the rabbits back into the nest and, and cover them back over. The, the mother the mother rabbit will return and she will care for her care for her young. Okay, two questions. First off, the bird out of the nest. I remember as a small child being taught they get the scent of the human on them and the mother bird won't go back. Is that true? So that is not true. Just like just like rabbits, just like squirrels, just like any other, just like just like human mothers uh, and fathers, they're going to be a good mom and they're going to come back and they're going to the, the bird parents are going to take care of that bird. Mm. So if it if it if it does end up on the ground, if a, if a bird does end up on the ground and you can safely put that bird back in the nest, uh, please go ahead and do that. That's the that would be the the preferred option for that for that animal. Um, if if the nest is if 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 you see that the nest is destroyed or something like that, you can even make a new nest, put it in a basket, and clip it to a tree or something like that. And uh, the the mother the mother bird will return and and she'll she'll take care of her young. You would want to put gloves on. Gloves would be okay, but but human scent isn't going to deter is not going to deter um, a wild animal. No. Okay. Well, I learned something there today. My second question, as as someone who has a, a beagle with a very good nose and rabbit nests in my backyard, what's the best way to protect those baby bunnies from the dog? So I also have a beagle, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, yes. Beagles can be very, uh, very inquisitive when they get out to the yard, right? So, um the number one, the number one thing you're going to want to do is keep your pets under control. Keep them on a keep them on a leash, or keep your eye on them. Don't just let them wander, uh, because they will. Uh, you know, if there's a if there's a nest nearby, they will find that nest. Mm-hmm. So you want to keep them under control. But then you can also um, um, you can make sure to, to hide the nest with a with a basket or something. Uh, hide it with sticks okay. and and give it a little more shelter. Um, or the other thing is is just really is really just before you mow or before you get out there, just, just check and to see. And if you see it, uh, and if you, if you can find the nest first before, before your dog, then, then you, you, you know where, um, you know how to keep that, keep, you, you would know to keep the dog away then. Again, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to disturb the nest too much, but a, a little bit of, a little bit of, um, a little bit of uh, care would, 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 would go a long way to, to uh, keeping keeping out an animal or your your pet. Well, that makes perfect sense, and we so appreciate this sort of expertise, Brian, because there's a lot of little critters running around out there, and we want to keep them safe. So, <laughs> oh, and that's, that's a great that's a great thing about the spring, and and we, you know we love seeing the animals and we love the interaction, but we want to make sure that we're doing it safely, also. Exactly. Turkey hunting season and baby animals everywhere. That's what we talked about today with Brian Plasters, the communications manager for the Ohio Division of Wildlife. Like we said, it's a busy time, Brian. So thank you so much for spending this time with us on Ohio Sports Magazine. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We'll have more of this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Bishop and Friends. Does Jimmy Johnson like really have a passion for sport fishing, or is he like just getting drunk on a boat in the Atlantic Ocean? Both Bishop and Friends. Sponsored by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Weekdays from 9 to noon. The Fan. 
Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Time to hear the latest on the Cleveland Browns and hear from Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns with our Eric Reeser. Talking with Jeff Lloyd, he's the host of the Locked On Browns podcast. Download the Locked On Browns podcast wherever it is uh, you do your podcasting. So we're about a week out, a couple days removed from the 2023 NFL draft in Kansas City. So far, Jeff, how would you assess the Cleveland Browns offseason? I think you truly have to like what they've done. And, and it, I think the thing that probably impresses you even more is, you know, you understand when you were so limited with draft capital as the Browns had no first round pick last year, they won't have one this year. They won't have one next year. So obviously as far as getting, you know, top talent, i.e. starters, when it's difficult to do that, knowing you can't just say, Oh, well, we can spend it on a first round pick, uh, you know, defensive tackle, Dalvin Tomlinson, that's been addressed. Juan Thornhill has been addressed. Then you make a move like they were able to do where they move Elijah Moore in a draft pick. So they get another quality, talented player weapon in here for Deshaun Watson, still holding on to another draft pick, bringing one back through that. That's crucial, you know, for this team because, you know, as you get to the draft and, you know, this draft maybe in particular, you know, maybe sometimes your needs don't necessarily line up with what the depth of a draft is. Um, you know, and it's really hard to gauge that, obviously, when your first selection that you hold is 74. So I think Andrew Barry, for the most part, has done about everything he can. You really think the Browns probably aren't looking to draft a starter, which you always want to hopefully be in that position when you get to the draft. So, you know, though, you know, thus far, obviously, job well done. Obviously, with the first round pick next two years sent to Houston in the Deshaun Watson deal. So we we've heard from Watson um, at least a couple of times in this offseason. Most recently, earlier in the week, says, you know, things are more comfortable for him. Things are more comfortable between him and Stefanski. He's had more work with his Cleveland Browns teammates in the offseason in Cleveland and in Houston. Just how much pressure, Jeff, is on Watson and Stefanski to make this work immediately in 23? Well, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, with the way it worked 2022 and it only being six games and ideally um, you're not going to transition an offense to Deshaun Watson, you know, knowing he's going to come back and play the final six games. They had to go with an offense they felt was better suited to Jacoby Brissett's playing style. And even when Deshaun came back, it's not like he can just say, all right, well, we're going to flip the script completely now and go to this. You, you just can't do that and get, expect to get the best. Um, now we're hearing words of more shotgun, obviously, which, you know, suits Deshaun Watson. You go out, you get him two more wide receivers. You go out and get him another big athletic tight end that can work the middle along with David Njoku. Basically, you're hedging down your bets now that this $230 million investment hits. Uh, I believe the pressure is there. Um, you know, look, Coach Stefanski, it's always difficult, you know, when you go to the playoffs your first year um, and then subsequent years, you do not. Uh, so the pressure's there for him. You know, Deshaun Watson, as you know, the way that contract was, probably in a month or two, he's not going to be a top three NFL quarterback contract anymore. But the pressure's going to be on because, you know, Cleveland has never been in a position where they've committed this type of money to a signal caller. So obviously a lot of people are expecting that this is going to be the sign that he'll basically be the best quarterback that this fan base has ever seen. So, yeah, there's a lot of legit pressure on both these guys, you know, that they can hit the ground running and essentially start off well in the fall. Talking with Jeff Lloyd, he's the host of the Locked On Browns podcast. Again, download or subscribe to the Locked On Browns podcast wherever it is 
you do your fine podcasting, Jeff. You talked about the money invested in Deshaun Watson. The Browns in recent years have invested money in running back Nick Chubb in an offensive front that's more mobile so that they can get Nick Chubb out into space. But if you're talking about changing up the offense to fit more of a Deshaun Watson style, how does that affect Nick Chubb? And what's the conversation you think going to be had about Chubb and his future with this team in the offseason? Well, the thing with Nick, and look, it's really, it, it, it's, it, it's kind of always been something that's been interesting for this you know, franchise because you know, everybody talks about how heavy analytic they are driven. And signing a running back to a long-term deal doesn't necessarily, you know, equate to what you would say, you know, is an analytic move. But you get to a position where you have a player, and if he's basically one of these guys that you're pointing to other players as they come in the door and say, you know, carry yourself, do your business, conduct yourself the way a guy like Nick Chubb does, every now and then you got to buck the trend, even if it maybe goes against your beliefs. Look, you know, Nick, it's hard to believe, you know, that all of a sudden it's just going to fall off. And this is always something that's difficult with running backs because a lot of times we've seen it. And maybe with the Cleveland Browns, we actually saw it last year with Kareem Hunt where maybe just the juice is gone. But there hasn't been any inkling of this. There hasn't been any sight to this point. I think the thing that's going to be interesting is, is can you get Nick a little bit more involved in the passing game? And it's not that Nick is not equipped to do that. And no, he's not going to be a guy that's going to go out there and catch 70 passes. I'm not saying that either. But I think there's a little bit more there of Nick that can be involved within the passing game. Um, he does have that ability if you need to. It's just that the Browns always counted on him for 20 to 25 carries in, in the past. So they figured, all right, well, we'll rest you in passing situations. Um, but I think once you get to this point where, hey, you, you always want to play with the mentality of, we want our five most talented skill players on the field as much as possible. There's no way that that does not include a scenario where Nick Chubb is involved. He'll get his rest, but he's going to get his touches and he's going to be involved in the passing game. I think a lot more than people are ready to believe it's that it's going to be a little bit different than it was in years past, you know, where Nick came off and you could put in Kareem. Uh, they don't really have a guy that they can really take Nick off the field for as far as receiving back just yet. Jeff, there was um, a report that came out earlier this week and plausible was the word I was looking for earlier that the Cleveland Browns want to redo the, uh, they want to have renovations to the team's facilities. They want to have some sort of renovation to Cleveland Brown stadium, possibly a new stadium build on a new stadium site. And what was, I think plausibly explained um, by someone in the blogging community that when this, this whole process happens, the Browns could look elsewhere to be playing their home football games in a span of three years and Ohio Stadium in Columbus was one of the names, one of the sites that was thrown out there. And when you read into it, 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 it makes some sort of sense. But the fact that the Browns had to kind of answer for what was in the end kind of silly speculation. Um, what did you make of all of that? And what will the Browns more likely to be doing? Renovating Cleveland Browns Stadium or a brand new stadium site downtown? Well, I mean, it, you know, when you say renovating, because it's almost a rebuild from what we're possibly hearing. Look, you know, the building is antiquated. You know, it needs to be, you know, brought to a more modern era. So that begs the question of do you basically just scrap it all together and start from scratch? Or do you basically start over with what we're, what you are currently working with? Um, either way, it, it's something that needs to be done. I think the thing that gets tricky here. And this is probably for the fan base. I mean, look, you're looking at what could be maybe possibly the best three-year run of this franchise over the next three years. So not only do you have a lot of season ticket holders already, a lot of people who go to home games already, you're going to have even more looking to go to these games, you know, if this team goes on the successful trend that a lot of think they do. 
So, you know, some of the things that we're fancied about going to Columbus, maybe playing at the soccer stadium, you're still going to need to accommodate 65,000, 70,000 people somehow, some way. And, you know, you're not going to go play in Cincinnati, obviously. Um, you probably don't want to go to Detroit. You want to stay in Ohio. So which makes the only plausible places, you know, obviously is the shoe. So, um, you know, we'll see if it gets to it. Um, and what we know from the Haslam's now is they have, you know, not only the Browns, the Columbus crew bought him with the Milwaukee Bucks is, you know, they're not afraid of, you know, trying to get big things done. Um, but if, it, you know, the Browns do go on this successful run and they do agree to do something stadium wise, it's going to be interesting where the team does play because there's going to be a lot of fans and a lot of new fans trying to flock to these games. Again, he is Jeff Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Browns podcast. Download, subscribe to the Locked On Browns podcast wherever it is you do your podcasting. Jeff, thank you so much for the time today. I really appreciate it. Uh, no problem at all. Everybody enjoy yourselves. Uh, obviously, spring is here. NFL draft in a week, a real good time of the year. We'll have more of this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Calling all crew fans. Join us every week for Inside the Crew. It's a show about soccer. Tuesday night at 9. Sponsored by Coda, a trusted mobility sponsor of the Columbus Crew. Your flagship home for the Columbus Crew. The fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Time to discuss Cincinnati Reds baseball and hear from Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds with our Paul Keels. It's a pleasure as always to talk with Jeff Carr from the Locked On Reds podcast. And Jeff, I'm going to channel what came through in your most recent episode with Steve Offenbaker, and that is the excitement about the contract extension for Hunter Green. We'll begin about the fact that this is a young man that has showed considerable promise, and I guess it all gives us all hope that this is promise that will continue moving forward. Yeah, he is a guy that ever since he was drafted, he was kind of billed as the next like core guy, the the guy that you could build a team around. And I think that he's shown glimpses of that. He's certainly not built the consistency that we're hoping for from that just yet, but I think that's coming. I mean, the the final eight starts of 2022, he had an ERA under two, and we've seen flashes. I mean, even though he's kind of struggled a little bit with his pitch count and and, and obviously leaving his most recent start early because taking a line drive off his shin, he's still got a nice strikeout count whenever he's in those games. He's still fooling hitters. It's just can he consistently do that, and that is when we're going to see him reach his potential. But the, the overall deal itself just is a wonderful signal for this franchise. As much as anything big that it buys out two years of free agency, Jeff? Yeah, it does buy out uh, two of them. There's a club option for that second free agency season. But I think the, the big thing that it really provides is, is security for Hunter Green. There, it's, it's, it's something that is not really that common to talk about where guys are constantly worried year in and year out while they're in the arbitration process. What is their performance going to dictate for next year's contract? Hunter Green doesn't have to worry about that. And I know that you know, it's it's not the most popular thing to talk about uh, the money that a player makes, but the deal that he signed gives him security while still maintaining flexibility for the franchise to make other moves. Uh, they are locking down a dude who should be this team's ace and doing it in a manner that's not going to cripple the the budget that the Reds have set for, so for having- themselves. Like I've Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, Jeff. I didn't mean to interrupt you. So having said that, does that mean you're rubbing on the lamp, hoping the genie will show some maybe uh, future help with pitching? 
I think so. And I, I really think that we might see another guy get extended here. I don't know if it's going to be a pitcher or a position player. I think if I had to pick, it'd be a position player. But I think that this is the deal that the Reds have to make. They cannot wait until a guy breaks out to sign him. They kind of have to almost play, yeah, like genie in the bottle or, or you know, have a, uh, a looking glass for them where they look ahead and they say, okay, we're a year before. We could probably get him for a little bit cheaper this year than we could next year because they're not going to be able to compete with guys who have already broken out in the open market because you got the Mets and the Yankees of the world that's going to outspend. You know, pitching has been such a popular topic to discuss, and not all of it in a good way, Jeff. Uh, Luis Sessa, with what has happened with him, uh, knowing that you and Steve have talked about probably not in the rotation, but can he be a useful tool, bullpen, middle relief somewhere with this team? I do think so. I think I still believe his best role for this team is kind of the fireman. Do you need do you need a tight spot? You need somebody to get out of a tight spot? He could do that. Do you need somebody to give you two, maybe even three innings? He could do that. I think it's really where you try to expand that and say, okay, can you give us five or six innings? I think that's where he gets himself into trouble. And we've seen it a lot, not just the command. Like, he's not had a ton. I mean, he's had a couple of walks here and there in each start. But it's really been the let's see if we can pitch guys out. He's not really putting pitches in the best spots because he's trying to work some sort of strike. I feel like he's overstretching himself, attempting to be a starting pitcher. He's shown in the past to be a very viable reliever. So I still think he's got a great role on this team. And, and I think we'll see him back here soon. Um, I, I know that he's still, you know, in the rotation and things like that. So he might get another chance, but I really believe that moving forward, he should be a guy out of the bullpen. And I think that the best version of this team is probably with Luke Weaver in the rotation and maybe a rookie. I know Levi Stout didn't necessarily have the best of debuts, but Levi Stout or maybe a guy like Brandon Williamson in the fifth spot with Sessa and Overton as your kind of safety blankets in the bullpen. Is strain on the bullpen becoming even more of a concern in your mind right now, Jeff? It definitely is. And I think that we've seen a couple of moves that are based on that. They, they sent down Kevin Herget the other day after throwing two innings. Then they sent down Casey Legamina, who pitched uh, two innings on Tuesday night. They sent him down in favor of Levi Stout. And I think the reasoning for that is these guys have thrown a lot of pitches here recently. And they can send them to AAA, kind of have them take a few days of rest and then still get some work in while in a much lower stress environment and then bring them back up, you know, slightly refreshed. I mean, this bullpen has been asked to get a lot of outs in the last week. And it's something that I really don't want to see being a theme moving forward. I kind of hope the Reds break out of this rut that they're stuck in, calling on their bullpen in the fourth and the fifth inning. But uh, as as long as this continues, we're going to see kind of a, you know, we, a proverbial shuttle bus between Louisville and Cincinnati of different guys that are going down and coming up because they're just overworking their arms at the major league level. Jeff Carr from the Locked on Reds podcast. As always, Jeff, thanks for everything you bring to us. Hey, thanks, Paul.
We'll have more of this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Are you starting to question your gambling or the actions of someone you love? It may be time to talk to someone who understands. Call the Problem Gambling Helpline today and talk to a trained specialist. There's no judgment and no commitment. Plus, it's completely free and confidential. We're here for you. You are not alone. And remember, we all have the power to change with the Problem Gambling Helpline of Ohio. Make the call today. Call the Problem Gambling Helpline of Ohio at 1-800-589-9966. I don't know what I want to do. I'm just not sure that college is right for me. Have you considered a career in dental assisting? I love my job as a dental assistant. I have flexible work hours, the money is good, and I get to work in a professional, people-oriented dental office. What I really love about my job is knowing that I give people a healthy smile. For more information about becoming a dental assistant, contact your high school guidance counselor. Or if you are no longer in school, talk to a dentist in your community or visit ODA.org. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. Do you or any of your family members, neighbors, or friends own a property that you just want to be done with it? If so, call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000. 614-470-2000. Would it be convenient for you to take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. Call 614-470-2000. That's 614-470-2000. We plant trees because people need trees. And when planted in the right place, they have great impact. Trees help slow climate change, filter our air and water, foster biodiversity, and strengthen our communities. They create the kind of transformational change the world needs now. April is a month filled with opportunities to care for and plant trees. For planting resources, contact an Ohio ISA certified arborist who can help you learn how to take the best care of your trees. Visit trees4ohio.org. That's trees4ohio.org. Hey, Bone, did you know that sports gambling is legal in the state of Ohio? I did, and I've been placing my sports bets at Barstool Sportsbook. Head to Hollywood Casino. They are open. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And they're taking bets now. I use the Barstool Sportsbook app to place my bets. Even though other sportsbook companies try to get me to bet elsewhere, I don't let them. I thwart all those attempts. Make a first-time wager on the Barstool Sportsbook app and get up to $1,000 in online bonus cash. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. Owen and affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus has more. Haley Kirby reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House. Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate WKYC-TV in Cleveland explains. In Marietta, Brett Wharf, ONN News. Emma Henderson in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts from the Ohio News Network. The fan, the fan, the fan, Ohio sports destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Time now to get some highlights of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show with Jay Crawford. Here's producer Colin Barringer to set the scene. Thanks, Kate. This week on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, the guys break down all things related to the Cleveland Cavaliers, especially their first-round matchup with the New York Knicks. And in this clip, you have Garrett Bush and the guys breaking down the news that Evan Mobley did not win Defensive Player of the Year, and they share their opinions on why Evan Mobley missed out on awards both last year and this year. They played you, bro. You, they got Scotty Barnes as Rookie of the Year. 
Uh, they got to your boy. They who is, mean, your, who is your boy? Jaron Jackson. Oh, <laughs> listen, that's a, a nondescript name. They got him. <laughs> play. Yeah, he's a role. Like he's. I don't even know. I don't even know what he name. does really. And he's in Memphis, Shade and they gave him your award. At the end of the day, Mobley, you got to come back. I want you to come back ready to go, bro. I need you to come back in full unicorn status, smacking people. I need all that, bro. To catch the full breakdown, just search the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on YouTube, subscribe to their page, and enjoy daily content covering all things Cleveland sports. We'll be back to wrap up this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue on the Ohio News Network. Join us for Gambling Things, Fantasy Sports, Gambling Things, and most importantly, Gambling Things. Hollywood Casinos on the Money, Sunday morning at 9. Presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. The Fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. And that does it for this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. A big thank you to my guests. David Babner, race director for the Cap City Half Marathon, coming up next weekend in Columbus. And thank you to Brian Plasters with the Ohio Department of Wildlife. Thanks to all of our Locked On podcast contributors this week as well. For Colin Barringer, Eric Reeser, and Paul Keels, I'm Kate Burdett. Thanks for listening to Ohio Sports Magazine. Join us next week here on the Ohio News Network. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit Lindsay.